wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichich. I'm the Secretary of the St. Adventist Church in South Australia. And uh, I'm your host uh, this afternoon for the program, uh, stepping in to, to, uh, for Fabiano. Welcome along to the program, uh, wherever you might be joining us. Our text line number here is 0488-880-811. Love to hear from you. If you've got any comments, any questions, uh, text them through to us on 488 880 This week we are looking at the question, what can we trust? And in particular, does God have a message for our day? And joining me today is Helen Gray, lay pastoral worker with the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, here in South Australia. Uh, Helen is also a regular presenter here on Drive Time and a keen Bible student. Uh, Good afternoon, Helen. Welcome along. Well, thank you for that, Joseph. Um, I just want to say in that question that you just said, what can we trust? I'd say, who can we trust? You know, because I trust God. Yes. And to me, he's a being, he's not a what, he's a who. Uh, I know other people would trust their money and their power and their fame and things like that. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I have a great trust in God. And yes, he does have a message for our day. And it's a delight to be here with you, Joseph. Yeah, we are. This is our first time. Uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. We, we haven't been together like this. Um, uh, no. Normally, I'm not in on a, on a Thursday as such, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, here here I am anyway, and um, it's great great to be together. Um, Thank you, Joseph. Uh, and yes. great, great to have you along f- uh, for the program. Um, you know, Helen, we're aware of the fact that um, all over Australia, wherever we might have people tuning in, uh, they'd be in different places experiencing different situations. Mm. These COVID restrictions are still still around. Yes. Um, more stringent in some places. I guess I'm thinking in particular up, up, up in Sydney. Um, people in lockdown still. It's mm. it's still still around, isn't it? Um, it is still around, and it's very very sad. And there's so much going on with conspiracy theories and all this sort of thing. But I think we've got to keep things in perspective, Joseph. You know, there was a a 12 story apartment in Miami oh, yes. that collapsed. Yeah. And there's still a hundred people they never accounted for. Mm. To me, yeah, COVID's important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not devaluing it, but it's kind of taken up our whole view when there are people suffering all over the world. You know, there are people in Africa that have got no food, literally. Mm. They're going out looking for cactus plants to cook up. Yeah. And I, and I know there's a lady over there. She puts mud with it and they eat it. Goodness. You know, and they're, they're starving. And, and we're grizzling if we get locked up. You know, I'm in the supermarket. And, and I remember when we first had the lockdown here in South Australia, there was a man complaining because he couldn't get his brand of baked beans he wanted. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I shook my head. And I went three aisles and he was in each one complaining. And I couldn't help it in the end. I just said, excuse me. I said, you've been spoiled. I said, you can still get baked beans. <laughs> 
it just hasn't got your brand. Yeah, I said, there are yeah. places you go. I said, I lived in the island for almost 10 years and we had to wait till the boat came in. Yeah. And then we had to be quick. Yeah. And that was the only time we got fresh fruit, you know. But, um, yeah, I think we forget how lucky we are and how many blessings we have. Yeah, well, I've, I've said, yeah. I think, on a number of occasions, actually, that uh, we are very, very fortunate in Australia mm-hmm. compared to, to to so many other places. Oh, yeah. Yes, there have been, you know, challenges here, no mm-hmm. doubt, and um, we, we're facing some of these restrictions. And, and look, you know, there, there, there is the um, some frustration as far as how certain state governments have um, chosen to, to respond to... Mm-hmm. To, to to the to the to the vaccine to sorry to the virus and then mm. of course there is the whole uh, push with the vaccine and so it, it's it's certainly still dominating very much uh, very much the news and and issues but uh, yeah we we do thank God for the fact that we have His Word and we can oh, we, we, we can look at that and we're looking forward absolutely. to. Uh, uh, certainly with you, Helen, exploring that a little bit further again um, today uh, on our program as we're, you know, we're looking at this this whole kind of series about, you know, what's God's message for us today? Yes. Today. And yes, we know we have the Word of God and uh, we, we laid that sort of as an initial platform um, at, at the start of this week. Um, and uh, we, we're fortunate to have, have the Scriptures, we have the Bible, but we're particularly wanting to say, okay, um, God, God has had specific messages at specific points in time to prepare people for for certain events. Could it be that there's a particular message for us today as well? And that's yes. really what we're wanting to, to 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 look at and explore um, today and in in these in these coming weeks, the next uh, next few weeks as we as we look at that that series. I think we need to remember too, Joseph, that even for all the things that are happening, it's tragic. It's tragic for people. You know, I, I speak to different people and oh, one person will say, yes, we should have the vaccine and somebody else will say no. And then they're condemned because they don't want to have it. And I, I had a, a last day in my place and um, she actually, um, she had uh, a young child <laughs> and um, she had two children actually. And she took the young one into the hospital to have a triple antigen. And um, they gave the the lad the triple antigen, this child, and he convulsed. And uh, anyway, they calmed him down. But instead of admitting him into hospital, they said he'll be okay now. So they handed the child back and her brother was there and he took the child. And they got as far as the door of the hospital. And he convulsed again and he mm. died in his bro- in her brother's arms. Oh dear. Now, I understand why she does not want to give another vaccination to mm. a child. Mm. And I understand that point, but a lot of people don't. They haven't been through that. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm not against it, but I don't think it should be mandatory. I think, you know, people should have their rights. And um, somebody in that position, I don't blame them. Yeah. I don't blame them at all. Yeah. But, you know, at the same token, Joseph, I've learned to trust God. Yeah. And through the Bible and through prophecy particularly, um, in fact, the one that we've been studying all week is a very prophecy that showed me there is a God. Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't want to know this God. I love Jesus, but they said God was like my father, and my father was an abuser, and I didn't want to know God. Nothing like it, yeah. And, yep. and yet, when I sat down the first time and I heard these prophecies, it just literally blew my mind. And that's exactly why it's important for us to, to really look at this, Helen, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and then I went to the history books. Ah, to- I looked at the Bible, and my brother and I, we both went to the history books. Not going to trust this, this guy up the front at this mission. And um, I was stunned. I was stunned. Everything that's been prophesied, 
has actually come at it, the right time. It verified it all. Yeah, I'm. Remarkable. I was literally blown away. Yeah, I yeah. have to say, and my my thought then was, wow, there has to be a supernatural God yeah. to know the future, even down to naming people hundreds of years before they, they're born. I mean, this prophecy we're going to talk about tonight, I think it was, what, 500 years before Jesus yeah, was exactly. born? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's all falling into place. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just love the Bible now, and I love my Father God. Yeah. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And we'll get to that in just a moment, Helen. Let me share something that I came across just recently. Mm-hmm. This, the, I found this really, really Really interesting, um, Helen. Um, Gordon Brown, um, former health director, former Prime Minister of oh, the United right. Kingdom. Yes, uh, Gordon Brown, name. former Prime Minister yes. of the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And what caught my eye really uh, was what was this, Helen? He he's written a book, and uh, notice notice the title: Seven Ways to Change the World. Seven Ways to Change the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that, that's that's an interesting title, um, and uh, yeah, he, um, he he talks in this book about how the COVID pandemic that swept across the globe it's created an unprecedented impact. Um, he, he suggests it's, it's it's a greater impact than even nine eleven. Yes, um, and um, and then he he talks about the seven major global problems that that we must address, um, and um, how how we can we can address them. And, and so these seven are you know, global health, climate change, uh, nuclear pl- proliferation, global financial instability, the humanitarian crisis, and global poverty, the barriers to education and opportunity, and the global in- inequality in its biggest manifestation. Um, and uh, what struck me was interesting uh, was this: um, Gordon Brown, so this former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a former world leader. Um, he he says that none of these problems can be solved by any nation acting on its own, mm-hmm. but all can be addressed if we work together as a global community. United. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now that caught my eye. I, I'm a keen student of Bible prophecy. You are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some interesting undertones to this, isn't there? Yes. I mean, yes, this kind of sounds at, a, at an initial surface level like a, a good thing, but uh, yeah, what 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 would you make of that? Well, I'm. You saw my eyes light up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you, and uh, in that we we need to balance everything with the Bible. Number one, yes. I feel, because you know, if you if you look at the prophecies and you look at where we are in time, we know that it is a short time before the Lord comes. Mm. You know, and and that's the final prophecy, and it will come. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Um, at the same token, when they say to be united and it'll bring this to the world or peace and whatever, Jesus even says in the Bible, just be careful when people start talking this way. Mm. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. Um, just be careful. And we do know that from, from the prophecies, even in Revelation, what's going to happen at the end of time. And people are going to come together and they will agree on many things. And um, you look at the climate change and what's been happening with that mm. and uh, and other issues as well. And where do these come together? How does it come together, Joseph? There's a main person yeah. that is heading this up. Yeah. And, and he is well known in the world and he is worshipped by many people. Mm. 
and you know who I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. comes from the Roman system. Yeah. I'm not against the Roman Catholics. Please don't think that I've got some beautiful friends in the Roman Catholic Church. I'm talking about the system. Mm. And Bible is very clear in the prophecies that we see what's happening. And, it, you know, there's such a thing as mob power. Mm. Apart from, you know, it is good to be united, don't get me wrong, but there is also that part where you get the mob power that comes in. And if they're on the right track, that can be great. If they're on the wrong track, that can be disaster. Yeah, yeah. Look what happened with the Black Lives Matter. Look at the devastation that was caused from that, you know, even against their own people. Yeah. And that was horrendous. And I think we need to watch these things and know, know that these are happening in our world now and it's going to even get worse. But let me say, we have hope because God is in control of everything. And he says, fear not. Why? He says, for I am with you. And that's where our real hope comes because the other thing uh, with this um, book by Gordon Brown is he spoke just very recently uh, at an event in in Ireland and uh, uh, mentioning, I guess, some of these these issues, these global issues Mm. that are happening, Helen, and... um, he, he again refers in that in that speech in that presentation that that he gave to to this audience um, about the the need for everyone to work together. Yes, uh, he talks about that. And uh, what uh, was what really caught my uh, interest here, Helen, is that um, uh, Gordon Brown uh, he he's, he sees optimism optimism about the future, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, he. Um, he says, I think we've seen a lot of goodness in this crisis, referring to what mm-hmm. we're going through at the moment, and I also see young people uh, far more optimistic in the future, he says. Um, and then he said this, we've got to give people a message of hope. Tell them about the dream. We've that's, got to give people a message of hope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I dispute one part, and that is about the youth. There is so much suicides today because the youth see no hope. And that's horrendous. In fact, I just had a thing from Lifeline the other day, not particularly just youth, but people. Eight, eight people die of suicide every day in this country. That's tragic, yeah. That, that is more than tragic. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, and then I'll read something about the child abuse that's happening, mm. what have you. In coming together, yes, there's a lot of positives. Mm. There is unity and diversity, but we don't want to be uniformity. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm yeah, talking about here, yeah. Joseph. Yeah. You know, we're not um, little robots. You know, we all have um, our opinions. We all have our our um, our wants, our needs. I totally agree. We need to give hope. Absolutely, but, but not as the world knows. I was just going to say, what no. kind of hope is that? Yeah. Yeah. Not as the world knows. This end, yeah. this world is coming to an end, yeah. and it won't be the big bang and that'll take it out. Mm. It'll be according to prophecy, yeah. and and we've been studying that this week. And again, let me say that if your heart is right with the Lord, and you've given your life to the Lord, and you are following the Lord, and you love the Lord, and you believe in Him, and you believe His Word, and you stand on that Word and you have that close relationship with the Lord, you have nothing to fear for the future, mm. except you forget he's leading in the past. Yeah. And he has led in many, many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Look, um, we're going to um, come straight back. Let's just um, enjoy a little bit of music. And um, you're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time. These realms below, that lamp of safety 
o'er the gloom shall brighten. That light alone the path of peace can show. Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. An eternal day, an eternal day. Trying to listen to Faith FM but getting tuned out? No problem. You can listen live at faithfm.com.au as well as catch up on all your favourite programs. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A here with Joseph Matichich and Helen Gray. And apologies if, uh, yeah, we seem to be having a few uh, technical hitches, but uh, bear with us. Uh, it's great to have you um, staying with us here on, on Drive Time. And um, I'm delighted this afternoon to have Helen here as a co-host. Uh, we're looking at the questions uh, all this week, does God have a message for us? Today in particular, we want to look at the one of the incredible predictions in the Bible. Um, Helen is a lay pastoral worker with the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church and a regular presenter on Drive Time Radio, um, as well as a keen Bible student. Uh, Helen, uh, earlier this week we looked at um, a couple of amazing Bible prophecies, uh, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. They gave an overview of world history. And um, you you commented a little bit earlier before we took the break how um, prophecies were significant for you in, in your journey in faith and, and, and belief in God and, and, and coming to trust the Bible as, as being something that we can rely on. Absolutely. And um, Daniel chapter 2 and chapter 7 are ones that really give us an incredible outline of world history, mm. um, predictions that were made thousands of years before the, uh, some of those events were fulfilled and blew um, my mind the first time i heard it i couldn't work out why um why why most churches don't go into this i mean my mother said that she was in the high church of england for over 50 years and she learned more in two weeks going through this prophecy than she had in 50 years and yet, that, yeah. that they are there, aren't they? They're um, there. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. very clear and straightforward to, to, to be able to yes. understand. Um, now, today, Helen, we are looking at uh, the question, why it is it that we can trust Bible predictions? And we're, we're, looking at an, uh, we're going to look at another one, aren't we, yeah. um, t- uh, th- this evening? Uh, which, which prophecy are you taking us to uh, today? We're going to Daniel. Chapter 9. Chapter 9, okay. And it's a very intriguing prophecy. And uh, it's a time prophecy. Okay. You're looking as though you want to say something. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. It's a time prophecy. And, um, yeah, we're going to have a a look at this and just see what the time was when this prophecy started. Um, And it's a beautiful prophecy because, it's to me, it's a messianic prophecy. Okay. Now, do you want? About the Jews. Would you like to um, set the scene a little bit there for us, Helen, and, mm-hmm. and give us a bit of the context um, about Daniel nine? Um, 
a uh, little bit of the background, perhaps. Um, okay. So Daniel, Daniel, you know, we've talked a little bit here on uh, early this week on Daniel chapter uh, from Daniel chapter two. Um, we've looked at Daniel chapter seven. Um, it was during the time of the Babylonian Empire, of course. Yes, it was. But when we come to Daniel chapter nine, where we're a few years on from from when those uh, prophecies were recorded, or when Daniel uh, yeah received those those uh, those prophecies. So, what was the setting for Daniel chapter nine? Well, I think we need to join them together. Please do. I mean, if you look back at the first start of the prophecies, Jerusalem had been captured by Babylon. Okay, and it was the superpower of the day. You know, Daniel was taken as a prisoner of war. Yes. And um, while he was in the ca- in captivity, Daniel received quite a number of visions from God. And how do we know they were from God? Because he outlined, in, as we looked at Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, you know, and let's go on to 8 and 9, it was outlining global empires that would succeed the might of Babylon. Mm. And, you know, we've discussed it through the week, but it's so important to look at this and say, well, was it true? You know, in Daniel's time, remember, Babylon was the superpower of the day. And here he is saying, well, Nebuchadnezzar, this is what's going to happen. And who would have thought that Babylon would have given away to the next empire, yeah. which was? Medo-Persia. I'm putting you on the spot yeah, The Medes and the Persians, the yeah. The Medes and the Persians. Yep. And then, the, then they weren't going to last forever. Another kingdom was going to come, a mm. little bit inferior. Yep. And who was that? And the Greeks. That was the Greeks. Yep. And then they had another one. Yeah. And that was the? Romans. The Romans. And it's incredible. You go into history, the Bible is 100% accurate. Mm. And that's not just the only prophecy in Scripture. I mean, there's a prophecy about Tyre, you know, and and all the prophecies just blow my mind. There's a prophecy about the papyrus reed that grew in Egypt, you know. And, And so the setting here was Babylon was the superpower. Okay. And... You know, those empires that were going to rule over the rude, the, the Jews. But then when Daniel was looking at this prophecy, I think you will remember that he, he actually got very concerned. You know, I think in one, one verse it says that he, he fainted. Yep. Um, That's right. At yeah. the end of chapter eight. Yeah. At the end of yeah. chapter eight. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Uh, yeah. about verse 27. Yes. Yeah. Then I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for several days. Afterward, I got up and performed my duties for the king, but I was greatly troubled by the vision and could not understand it. So literally, Daniel became sick. He was overwhelmed by a sense of the calamity that should befall the people of God. Which probably explains what starts what he's what we find him doing in Daniel chapter nine. Yes, which is um, he's praying. Yeah. Absolutely, he's in God. Yes, yeah. he was praying. So it's probably and it was probably on his mind what it what what he had seen and uh, yeah some of the things that he had heard in vision mm-hmm. and was wondering what what does this all mean for. For my people, and uh, what does this mean for the future? It's interesting you mention what does it mean for my people, mm. because that was part of Daniel's prayer. Yeah. He was praying earnestly for his city and for his people, because he knew that his people, the Jews, had rebelled against God on many occasions. Now, now it, it, it gives us an even more specific setting for mm-hmm. the reason for his prayer, doesn't it, there in Daniel chapter 9, I'm thinking particularly verses 1 and 2. Yes. Uh, why... 
why why Daniel why we find Daniel praying. So verse one, Daniel chapter nine. That's that's where we're going to tonight. Here, Do you want to share it? Uh, Daniel chapter yep. nine says that it was in the first year of Darius. So Darius was the the, the Mede, the, the the king uh, ruling the the, the Medo Persian Empire. Uh, Darius, the son of Ahasuerus uh, of the Medes. Um, in the first year of his reign, uh, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, mm-hmm. uh, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Yes. Um, and Daniel, that's, that's, excuse me for interrupting, but 70 years is important. It is. And we'll yeah. come back to that in a moment. Absolutely. Okay. And so uh, Daniel here it refers to the fact that he was, um, uh, he understood from the books from the books they had read, um, that the captivity for the Jews would be 70 years and refers here specifically to, to Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Because if we go to Jeremiah uh, in chapters uh, 25, uh, we, we, we see there that and God had predicted if his people did not repent and turn back to him, they'd be taken away into captivity uh, for a period of, of 70 years. And that's an interesting time. Very interesting because when mm-hmm. we come here to Daniel chapter 9, uh, Daniel went in as a young man. Uh, the Babylonian Empire has been and gone. The Medo-Persian Empire has come. The dating of this, it, it's, it's actually about 70 years. Mm-hmm. So Daniel has worked out. It's 70 years has passed since we're in captivity. Uh, God said that we'd been in captivity here for 70 years. Well, what's happening? Yes. What's happening? Mm-hmm. 70 years have happened. We've been here for 70 years. We're... It, it, what's happening? Is our captivity going to end? Are we staying here longer? As is God's promise uh, failing? What, what what's going on? In the back of his mind is chapter eight, um, you know, which is a whole other prophecy in itself, which we're going to look at. Suffice to say, as you read there at the very end of chapter eight, Daniel Daniel faints. He doesn't understand it. Uh, maybe he thought. Goodness me, this, I don't understand this, but it, it, could this be that we're, we're, something's going to happen, con, uh, continue to happen to our people, that we're not going to get out of uh, mm. captivity for a period of time longer? He remembers the prophecy from, and the prediction in, in Jeremiah that they'd be in captivity for 70 years. 70 years are up. What's going on? And so he turns to God in prayer, as we all should. Mm. Um, when we, we, we're seeking answers. Absolutely. I think one of, um, da- one of Daniel's problem in this particular state was not that he didn't trust God. He believed in God. Absolutely. And he had seen prophecy being fulfilled. Yeah. I think it was more that he was, con- and correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, but I look at it at the point of view that he was more concerned that his people had actually stepped over the line uh, too many okay. times. Yes, yes. And that they were going to be completely lost. He knew something was going to happen. Absolutely. But I think he was concerned that the Jewish people had run out of God's patience. Yeah, okay. That's and the way I looked at it. Well, and he, well, he's we, we, and I guess we see an elements of that in his prayer, yes. don't we? Yes. Um, yep. It's it. The prayer is recorded here in Daniel nine from verse four onwards, from verse four through to the end of verse nineteen. A lengthy mm-hmm. prayer recorded here, and uh, essentially his prayer is a prayer on behalf of the people. Yes. Of Judah, yeah. his, his people, the Jews. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how he starts, though, yeah. which I think is a lesson for us. Yeah. How does he start, Joseph? 
Yeah, well, he, he addresses God there, doesn't he? In verse 4, he makes confession, acknowledges God's greatness and goodness, his faithfulness. That's always a great yeah. way to, to begin. And he always and, says you keep your promises. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that was a hope for Daniel. Yes, he was hanging on to that. Yeah. Okay, but then of course he goes on, and then then comes the confession. That's right. And isn't it interesting that he doesn't say I have sinned, they have sinned. He says we have sinned. Credible identification. Yeah. With his people. And I think of Moses. Did yeah. The same, yeah. You know yeah. how often how easy it is to point to someone else and say, "Well, you sinned." Mm. You know, it's their fault, Lord. Not mine. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do that. He related to the people. He was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is very important. Very important. Mm. Anyway, let's go on. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, I think, in verse 7, didn't he tell God that he was right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Daniel's he's, 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 he could, he could, Yeah, he mm-hmm. could be direct. And, um, yeah, so he, he, he does that. And, and, um, he, he goes on again and um, he acknowledges, as you said, uh, particularly I see there in verse 10, neither have we obeyed. Um, he, he's identifying with the people, even though Daniel himself, I would say, you know, didn't really go the way of, of, of the no. majority of the people at all, but he no. still identifies, like yes. you said, like Moses like Moses does. Well, uh, there like is Moses none righteousness, is there? That's There's right. none of us right. That's right. Yeah. We have all filthy rags, yeah. and Daniel knew that. But yes, continue. And so he's really praying um, himself, but praying on behalf of his people. Yes. And uh, really the, the plea comes there, verses 18 onwards, well, even from verse 17, I guess, Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's acknowledged about the, the sins of his people, his city of Jerusalem. Um, now, therefore, O God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. Cause your face to shine upon your sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake, because the sanctuary was had been destroyed by yeah. uh, by the Babylonians. As they, as Can't they, you almost? Sorry, I'm coming across the top here. Can't you almost feel his deep personal feelings here? Yeah. You know, this wasn't just a hi, God, good morning. You know, please look after us. Thank you. Sorry, we sinned. That wasn't what this prayer was about at all. No. You know, he felt every part of that. Yeah. Yep. And and when I think of Daniel, how he felt, I wonder how God feels. Yeah. You know, he loves us unconditionally, but he doesn't like what we do. Mm. You know, and here was Daniel relating with the things. I've interrupted again. Yeah, Keep no, going. no. Well, you, 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 <laughs> I'm liking this. Go on. Yeah, no, go for it. And so he he, he says, um, "O Lord, hear! O Lord, forgive! O Lord, hearken and do not d- d- defer not for your own sake, O my God, for your city and your people are called by your name." Now that's interesting, isn't it? He's saying, "Lord, hear." Yeah, that's an action. Yep. And he's saying, "Lord, forgive." There's another action. And he said, "Lord, listen." There's another action. And he said, "An act." Yeah. So he was asking four things there. Yeah. But then he said, don't delay. No. It was like yeah. a tack on this one. Yeah, yeah which, which is interesting. So, yeah. Helen, did, did God answer Daniel's prayer? Oh, absolutely. How do Abs- we know? How do we know? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, because we can go to the Bible and we can see that God answered his prayer by sending an angel. And the angel's name was Gabriel. Mm. See, first name basis, we know. (laughs) The angel's name was Gabriel, and he had a prophecy, and we'll find that documented in Daniel 9, and we're going to look at that. It deals specifically with the future of the Jews. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah, okay. Because this is what Daniel wanted to know. Well, that's right. You know, That was his concern, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think that's just, I think it's wonderful that God sent an angel. Do you Uh, believe in angels, Joseph? Yeah. Have you seen one? Yeah. In bodily form. Yeah. In yeah. bodily form. Yeah. Have you? 
Yes. You have. You've had that experience. And, and, and I, know, I know that many people have, have had, had, had similar experiences. Um, mm. And Daniel had this experience. Um, How did you feel when you saw an angel? Well, at the time, you didn't realize straight away. Oh. I didn't realize straight away. Okay. But it, it, yeah. Doesn't it make you feel special? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Ministering spirits, I think that it talks yeah. about them as well. Um, and so an angel comes. It says that in verse 20, while he was still speaking, Yes. An angel, uh, yeah, the, uh, Gabriel came. Yes. Um, to give him, to give him understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how promptly the answer, the answer comes. Yes. And, uh, as you said, um, the angel comes and, and gives him, gives him an explanation. And, um, Helen, um, why don't you, um, begin sort of unpacking this for us, what the angel shares, uh, to Daniel? Okay. I've got the New Living Translation, which is a little different to yours, I think. But I think, well, he says here to listen carefully so that Daniel could understand the meaning. And in verse 24, he says, a period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophet's vision and to anoint the most holy place. And I find that extremely interesting when we start looking at the 70 days or 70 weeks, really. The Jewish people would have 70 weeks, which makes how many days? 70 times 7? Yes. 490? Yeah, not bad with your maths. Okay. (laughs) But they had that time to make an end of the sins and to bring everlasting righteousness. Now, what does that mean, actually? To me, it means that God was giving the Jewish nation another opportunity to stop their false worship and become a holy nation. In other words, you have got 490 days to repent. But let me stop for a moment. This is a time prophecy. Okay. And, and we this is to, important. This, this is important, Helen. This is important. Helen. important. Yep. It's a time prophecy. And in the Bible, can you read for us, please, Ezekiel 4.6? Uh, I, can, I can look it up. Yep, sure. Thank you. I just um, want to see how quickly you can turn your Bible. Uh, Ezekiel 4.6, was it? Yeah, yes. Yep. What are we told here? Uh, in Ezekiel 4.6, it says, uh, And when you have accomplished them, lie again on your right side, and you will bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. I have appointed you... Each day for a year. Each day for a year? Yeah. That's interesting. Is there somewhere else that it talks about each day for a year? There is another reference over in the book of Numbers. Yes. uh, Where it refers to the incidents when the um, uh, 12 spies, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, went in to spy out the land of Canaan. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, when they came back, they had spent 40 days exploring it there. Mm -hmm. But because of the disobedience of the people and their rebellion, uh, God uh, let them wander in for forty years, a day, day for, for, for every a year. A, yeah, yeah, year, and, a, and a year. Sorry for every day. Yeah. yeah, and do you realize that Jewish scholars, actually prior to Jesus Christ, um, believed this as well and still follow it today? And you know, when you look at this, it would be the only possible answer to the prophecy of Daniel nine, because so, you want the because. Yes, please. <laughs> okay, for one thing, it would be impossible to for all the events of Daniel 9 to apply to a literal 490 days okay. because Jerusalem wasn't even built by then. That's number one. But we know we actually know the starting point. Okay, which so is equally interesting. Okay, so 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 tell us uh, just reiterate that again in Bible prophecy we mm-hmm. we've established here an important principle yes. that when we're talking about time prophecy what is it that a day, a day in Bible prophecy 
a year. Equals a year. So it's, it's like a scale. Yes. Okay. And Very isn't good. it interesting, just, just a little bit of trivia here, it comes to 490 years, doesn't it? When Peter went to Jesus and said, how many times should we forgive? He thought he was being generous instead of like the Pharisees saying three times. He said seven times. Yes. What did Jesus answer? Not seven times, but seven times 70. Which makes... 490. Isn't that amazing? Mm. You know, it's like the Jews were given like a probation time. I yeah. know Jesus was saying you're not going to count it, of course. It just means going on. But yes. I find that extremely interesting when, when I look at it. So, okay, are we clear on this yes. day a year? So, a day in Bible prophecy equals a year. Yes. That's the scale. Yes. And uh, you're just saying we have a starting point. What was the starting point for mm. this Time yeah, prophecy. We need to establish this. Yes. Okay. And if you read Daniel nine twenty five, let's have a look and see see what's said there. It says, "Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and sixty two weeks." Okay. Which is what? Seven and sixty two make sixty nine weeks. That's interesting. So the starting of the prophecy was a command allowing the Jews, the Jews, not Jews, allowing the Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their city. Correct. That's important because there had been other decrees going as well. Okay. But this one was very specific. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they were to rebuild the city as well. And this decree is actually also found in Ezra 7, and it was made by King Ahasuerus. Did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, or Artaxerxes, maybe? Ah, yeah. See, I knew yeah. I'd get that wrong. Artaxerxes, that's right, in the seventh year of his reign, which was 457. Wow. BC. Now, that, that is critical. Absolutely. Because that then gives us a starting point from which we can then add the 70 weeks yeah. of years that, that, that we're looking at here, this period of 490 years. Years. If we've yes. got, if if you've uh, got a starting point, we 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 can we then can work it out. We can apply it. That's exactly but right. But let me just say that's not just our opinion. We've shown you from the Bible. You know, a day equals a year in prophecy time, yep. and we've gone back and looked at it. The starting of the prophecy, and the Bible tells us when. But I find it interesting that it's also been verified in history through the writings of Greek Herodotus, through Babylonian records, and through the Alexandrian astronomer Ptolemy. And I think you've probably heard of Ptolemy. Yes. Sir Isaac Newton, one of the greatest scientists ever, documented the starting date as among the most easily established dates in history. That's really significant. That I yeah. believe it yeah. is. Yeah. You know, Good. we've got the scholars here doing that as well. Yeah. Okay. So here, if we look in Daniel um, nine twenty-five, which you just read. Yes. You actually read that it would be until the Messiah. Yeah, it said from the going forth of the decree. To yes. restore and rebuild until the Messiah, the Prince, there will be 62 and 7 or 69 weeks. Yeah. Well, just hang on to your hat and let's have a break and we'll deal with that when we come back. Okay. And speaking about the Messiah, let's uh, listen to this uh, lovely song by Manuel Escorzio. He is our Messiah. For he is our Messiah. 
his own, he redeemed us forever. Yes, he is our Messiah, word made flesh to earth he came. His life he gave the world to save, creation praise his name, creation praise his name. All praise to Jesus, Creator, Son of Man. All power and honor to the great I am. Forever and ever, forever and ever, sing praises to His name. For He is our Messiah, the Holy Lamb of God. He left His throne to save His own, He redeemed. Forever, yes, he is our Messiah. Word made flesh to earth, he came. His life he gave the world to save. Creation, praise his name. Rejoice, then lift up your voice. Come worship Christ our King, for He is our Messiah, the Holy Lamb of God. All earth rejoice, then lift up your voice. Come worship Christ our King. Come worship Christ our King. Oh, worship Christ our King. Welcome back to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, big Q&A. You're with uh, Joseph Matichich and Helen Gray. And uh, we're uh, going through one of the most remarkable predictions in the Bible uh, here right in the midst of Daniel chapter 9. And just before the break there, Helen, we uh, we we paused there looking at this um, prediction of um, saying that from the de- going forth of the decree to restore Jerusalem until the Messiah, there would be 62 and 7 weeks. In other words, 69 weeks of years, which which equates to four, uh, well, you, you tell us, um, what, what does that equate to? 69 weeks. Yes. In, oh. 69 in, weeks is 69. 69 t- years. Yeah. You've got to multiply it. A 69 by 7. Yep. Yes, yes. Yep. See, yeah. you put me on the spot. Then. I did. Okay, yeah. and and this came was to come after the command to build rebuild Jerusalem. That's correct. You know, so if that was made, the command was made in four fifty seven BC, and then sixty nine weeks. Yes. Or well, now we're up to four hundred eighty three little years. Okay, so it six, brings be, us to what date? So let, let's just follow through this carefully. Okay. Sixty nine. Yes. Is sixty nine weeks? Yes. Sixty nine by seven is four hundred and eighty three. Yes, literal years. Okay, four hundred eighty three added to four. Uh, so we, the starting point was four hundred fifty seven BC. We add four hundred eighty. Four hundred fifty seven BC. The starting point from when the decree. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that follow? Yes. Go on. Four hundred fifty seven BC. We add four hundred eighty three. Mm-hmm. And it brings us to the year twenty seven. AD. What happened to the zero? 
There is no year, <laughs> year zero. You knew I was going to ask that, didn't I? Didn't you? Good question. No, v- no very, very zero. good question. Yeah. 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 But and what happened in twenty seven AD? That's that's what we want to look at. So what sh- happened? Yeah. I mean, when you think of it, it said it said in Daniel t- uh, nine twenty five until Messiah the Prince. Yes. And we know who was the Messiah. Yeah. Who was the Prince? In fact, in my Bible it says the Anointed One. Okay, so it, it tells us that. Um, from the decree until the coming of the Messiah would be this period of time. Yes. So is this referring to the birth of Jesus as the Messiah? Well, he would arrive in 27 AD, but why? Ah, good question. Mm. Yeah. Answer it, Joseph. Oh, you want me to answer <laughs> yes. I'm the host. You're the co-host. Oh, no, Nellan. we're just playing here back and forward. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, yeah. Um, in 27 AD, we, if we read um, in the Gospels, we find that, that was the year in which Jesus was baptized. Absolutely. Luke chapter 3 gives us an account of the year in which Jesus was baptized. And when Jesus uh, was baptized, um, he began his public ministry as, as, as the Messiah. And so, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't say it any better. And, and so that was yes. the year in which uh, this this. So what we find here quite remarkably then, Helen, is this prophecy predicts the very year when Jesus would commence his ministry. That's astounding. But prior to that, he was the carpenter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and he gave up that trade yes. to come, and that's when he literally came out in his public ministry. Yeah, he did. And that was prophesied. More than 500 years in advance, yeah. the very year that Jesus would begin his, his public ministry. Quite remarkable. So how do you account for that? Well, how the, did the, Daniel know? The only way Daniel knew, well, we know that the angel came mm-hmm. and, and shared this. This is clearly, Helen, this, this is clearly supernatural. Mm-hmm. This is not of, human, of any human devising. Um, even, our, even our best forecasters these days can barely get something right a day in advance or yes. a few days in advance. But here mm-hmm. we have 500 years in advance pinpointing the year Jesus would come as the Messiah. Absolutely. Now, let me also mention that there is a record, um, if you compare it, the biblical record and the Roman historical records. Uh, Luke 3, 1 says the baptism took place in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar and history places that year as 27 A.D. Isn't that amazing? Don't you want to shout hallelujah? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yes, I mean, Daniel chapter 2 with the the four world empires is incredible nonetheless. Daniel chapter 7 again also. But then we got this one, which to such detail is pinpointing an event that that, that was to occur. So Jesus came right on time when the time was fulfilled. Well, that reminds me of the words of Galatians chapter 4.4. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. Um, And when Jesus uh, arrived, he says the time is Fulfilled, Mark yes. one fifteen, isn't that yeah. remarkable? And then when you bring it over, I'm just going to skip over to the second coming. He, it, you know, he so many times it says, "My hour is not yet come." Yeah, you know, the hour is not yet the hour. And I think there's five times in just a short space of time, and then they took him away. Yeah. yeah now there's, there, there's a few more events yes. that, that are going to happen according to this prophecy, mm-hmm. Helen. What, what else was going to happen it, it, if we continue there, 25 and 26? What, what else is there? Share with us. Okay. What was predicted to happen to the Messiah? Please. I think it's really important. Let's look at Daniel 9, 26. Mm-hmm. Have you got it there? It says that after uh, 62 uh, weeks, the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. What does that mean, Joseph? Cut off, but not for himself. That sounds like someone, someone being killed, but not yes. not 
not through their fault or anything no. that they have done. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree. Instead of a king, which they expected to come and deliver the Jews from slavery, we find here is a king who suffers and dies. Yeah. While we were yet sinners, by the way, he died for us. Now, interesting here, he- Helen, it says after 62. But hang on, haven't we sort of gone on from that? Um, yeah. So that means it's after this, sometime a bit after this period. Mm-hmm. Um, does it te- help us it, identify when, when this would be? Well, let's look at Daniel 9.27. Okay. We've got to get excited, but we're nearly out of time. Well, it, let's it, keep going. It says, <laughs> and he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. Ah, one week. One week. So, but, Helen. But something else happened. Uh, and in the midst of the week, yes, he will cause the sacrifice and offerings to cease. There, now, that's a very, very important text. So but. we said 62 plus mm-hmm. 7 mm-hmm. until the coming of the, of the Messiah. Yes. 62 and 70, 69. Yes. And here is the one week, the, the 70th week. week. Yes. And it says that in the middle of that, middle of 7. Yes. Is actually three and a half. Yeah, because that's half of seven. Yep. And Helen, this is r- remarkable. Jesus' public ministry was three and a half years long. That is correct. And what happened after that? He was crucified. That is correct. So he was cut off, not for himself. No. Because he wasn't a sinner, but he took our sins on board. And when he died on the cross, the the Bible records there in the Gospels how the curtain in the temple tore. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. And it was a thick curtain. And uh, that was a a dramatic event. If it was human hands, they would have gone from bottom up. Yes. Uh, Top to bottom signifying that those sacrifices, animal sacrifices and the uh, Old Testament sanctuary service had had, had 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 met its its fulfillment. exactly This is what this is predicting, what would actually happen in the middle of the week. So it predicts the very year that the Messiah would come. Yep. And now predicts the very year in which he would die. When all the animal sacrifices would be done away with type met anti-type. Incredible. It's, incredible. it's just an incredible, incredible um, prophecy. It's a very important prophecy. But tell me, what happened to the rest of that week? Well, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's important to look at because I think there can be a little bit of misunderstanding about mm-hmm. there, can't there? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, do you have it there, Helen? Do you want to share um, what, what you have material there? Well, I believe this was the time that... The end of the 490 finished. Now, you, that's significant because you said that the 490 was the overall period given to the Jews. Yes. So they would have had then had a three and a half more years mm-hmm. after the crucifixion of Jesus as still an extra little bit of probation time for mm-hmm. them. And what do we know happened at the end of that time? Was there anything that symbolized it? Anything that, that we can go to and say, well, you know, here it was, this was the end of this? Well, when we read in the book of Acts, we find that um, uh, the gospel was preached. Mm-hmm. And initially, yes, it did go to the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, but very soon thereafter, um, it, it, it went then to, well, much broader, much broader Helen. And um, there's a significant event in there we find in Acts chapter 7 where Stephen, one of the, uh, the deacons, uh, the early church leaders, uh, w- was stoned. Okay, just before we get to that, can sure. we have a quick look at Matthew twenty one forty three? Sure. Sure. Matthew 21. Yeah, verse 43. Would Is you that li- okay? Would you like me to read that? Or yeah, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, 21 43. verse 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says this there in Matthew 21:43. Uh, Jesus is speaking and he says Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. 
Wow. Mm. Okay, now that actually matches our time prophecy we're talking about today. Okay. Because they actually, well, they crucified Jesus, and they still had that, we still had that middle of the week. We had to get to the end of that week, and that would have been the end of their probation. Ah, right. Now, they were already warned it was going to happen. Now, you would think if they knew that, they would say, we repent of our actions, and, you know, yes, Lord. But they didn't. And they stoned the prophets. Mm. And we, we know, and the disciples, and Stephen became a martyr. When did he die? Yeah, well, it, it, it worked out to be 34 AD. Which, 34, is which is another three and a half years after the events of 31 AD when, when, when Jesus yep. died, which, which, which ends up rounding off uh, the, 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 the 70 week, the 490. Which was the 70 came from the 490. Well, it was a 490. That's right. And that culminated in 34 AD. Remarkable. And, and it's, it's historical. Yeah. It's not hysterical, it's historical. And it's, it's, you know, it's here in the Bible, all spelled out for us. And, you know, after that, it was the start of when the Jewish nation was to end, and then it went out to the Gentiles, okay. what they called the Gentiles from then on. Tell me, can anybody be forgiven for their deeds? I mean, could these Jews have been forgiven? Yeah, they can. Yeah. They can, absolutely. What um, was Jesus' main message his, when he was first baptized? Well, his message was repent. Yeah. The kingdom of God is at hand. And, and his messages were, were constantly urging and inviting yeah. and pleading to the people. Absolutely, they could have. And yeah. by the way, that's and, the message of the whole Bible. Well, it is. Jonah? It is. Repent. Yeah. That was his first message to yep. the Ninevites. You know, and, and that's the Old Testament. You've got it right through the New. John the Baptist, repent. Absolutely. And and I believe that Christ is giving us that message today. Yeah. That yep. God says, repent. He wants to take us home. He does. You know, yeah. he loves us so much. And he outlined all these prophecies for our sake. Yeah. So we could look, we could know, we can trust this amazing God. So here we find an incredible prophecy that predicted the very year the Messiah would commence his ministry, 500 years beforehand, the year that he would die, and the period given to the Jews. It's most remarkable prophecy. We can truly trust the Bible, but more than that, we can trust that a God is a God of love who wants us to turn to him and come to him. Amen and amen. Now, before we finish, and we need to, I just quickly want to say, people say, oh, that was all about the Jews back then. That was about the Israelites back then. Yes, they were a literal nation, and then their time was finished. Individual Jewish people, yes, they come to the Lord, but as a nation, that was their probation finished. Now, let me tell you, it's today, we are the spiritual Israelites, if you like, and I think we need to remember that Jesus Christ is the theme of the whole Bible. Jesus Christ is the Messiah of the Jews and the Savior of all mankind. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you belong to God's true people, spiritual Israel. That's very important to emphasize yeah. that, Helen. Well yeah. done. Yeah. And one day yep. we're going home very soon. Yeah. Yep. Please come with us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, everyone who comes to faith in Jesus Christ can be part of his, his, his people, his, his spiritual Israel. That's a really valid Absolutely. point. Should we pray? Would you like to pray for us, Helen? Love to pray. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we are just so grateful that you are our God. 
our Father, our Lord, our Master, our lover, our friend. We thank you so much for creating this world. We thank you so much, although we went astray, that you have given us the Bible to show us the way, the way back. Thank you that this, these things are in the Bible and that prophecy has been proven to come true from the Bible 100%. Lord, there's one more prophecy to come, and that's the coming of you. We look forward to that. We believe that all these other prophecies were prefacing the main event, and that's when you come in the clouds of glory. I pray none will be missing, Lord, those that are listening to us today. I pray, Father, that their hearts will have been touched, that they will feel impressed to go back to the Bible and study these prophecies, and pray that the Holy Spirit will enlighten them with the truth, and in so doing, may they come closer to you and and to your people. Lord, bless us, guide us now, and thank you so much for loving us that you died on the cross for us even while we were yet sinners thank you for that in the name of jesus may we bring honor and glory and praise to you and you alone i pray in your name amen amen well thank you friends for joining us uh on drive time uh, and um, we look forward to you joining again next time Tomorrow, when Nick Creta and Tracy Papandreou answer the question that so many ask, where did suffering come from? Hope you can tune in then. But in the meantime, please remember that Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. <laughs> 